It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. All we can be sure of is this. Zach Berry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not committed. I love a good train wreck. Hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Berry. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Grayson Weir. Grayson, good morning. Good morning, Zach. It is a uh, lovely day for a teacher shortage in the greater Nashville area to uh, move your toddler from going five days a week to uh, a three-on, two-on schedule. So uh, I am down in the office. He is upstairs, probably watching some Disney movie, um, currently occupied, so the house is somewhat quiet. Um, But we are here. We're not going to talk about teacher shortages. We're here to talk about recruiting. Uh, We're going to talk some Arch Manning. Because, look, hey, there's not much to talk about. We can just talk about Arch. Um, but before we get to Arch, I do want to get your thoughts, because uh, I know you kind of deal with some national things with your day-to-day. Um, very much in the national news, uh, Brian Harson in Auburn, what is going to happen on the Plains? Um, some uh, rumblings turning into rumors, turning into almost a certainty that he will be removed from his position as head coach. Um, Auburn put out a statement. It reads, quote, the Auburn administration is judiciously collecting information from a variety of perspectives, including our student athletes and moving swiftly to understand any issues in accordance with university policies and procedures. Decisions regarding the future of Auburn and its athletics programs, as always, are made in the interest of our great university and in fairness to all concerned. We do not make institutional decisions based on social media posts or media headlines, end quote. It's chaos. I mean, (laughs) I don't even know where to begin with this because there's just so much to unbreak, to break down here. And, and, and I think Richard Johnson um, said it best. He he said this yesterday and I, it stuck with me. I mean, Brian Harson is currently on vacation in Mexico. So Auburn is in a literal Mexican standoff with its head football coach right now. And we have no idea what's going to happen. But at this point, it, it seems impossible to me that even though Brian Harson wants to keep his job, I don't know how at this point with everything that's gone on with Derek Mason leaving Auburn for a lateral move to Oklahoma State and taking $400,000 less. $400,000 is a big number. Taking a huge pay cut to leave Auburn. Now we don't know why. I don't think Derek Mason's going to come out and say why unless a court asks him to. Um, but it's crazy. I mean, I, I don't know how Brian Harson survives this. Um, and at this point, if, if, if I'm Brian Harson. Not only am I going to the bar and getting another Mai Tai and, and letting 
you know, my vacation be my vacation and then coming back home and dealing with it. Like let Auburn do their thing right now, you know, get your lawyers ready. But I don't know if Brian Harson really wants to come back as the Auburn coach. I mean, he could get a huge $17 million buyout if somehow Auburn finds a way to fire him with cause, then he wouldn't get a penny. But then Auburn's going to go to court with Brian Harson because Harson, from people I've spoken to who are, who are very well connected in this space, a, a very, very credible source, someone very close to the Harson situation, um, told me that the narrative that more than likely will come out of this on Harson's end is that there were unsubstantiated rumors and now all that the listeners out there if you don't know what that rumor is by now you can just look it up and, and find it yourself but there are unsubstantiated rumors out there that were potentially planted by the boosters who have not wanted harson there from the get-go to then help push this narrative that it's time to let him go so that from what I've heard from a someone very, very close to Harson, I'm talking like as close to blood as you can get without being blood. The understanding is that Harson's camp is going to come out and say that this whole thing was cooked up by the boosters to try and oust him from his role with cause so that they don't have to pay him. Now, if they find a reason to fire him with cause, he won't get a penny, but they'll go to court more than likely, and Harson will plead his case to get at least some of his buyout. What I think is going to happen is either somehow he's going to survive this, which I don't think is likely, or he is going to be fired without cause, collect his entire buyout, or I think what is very likely is that whenever he comes back from his vacation, he and his legal team are going to sit down with Auburn and their legal team, and they're going to say, hey, look, here are the rumors. Now, the rumors from everything I've gathered have no basis to them. Um, now, I don't know whether that's true or not, but from everything I've heard, the rumor is exactly that, a rumor and it's unsubstantiated. But then all the stuff with the former players coming out and saying that the culture down there in Alabama is questionable and Derek Mason leaving and two offensive coordinator, three offensive coordinator hires in 13 months, I think that's what kind of is going to be the basis for all this so I think more than likely if I had to speculate or guess Auburn and their legal team Harson and his legal team are going to sit down and they're going to come to an agreement to where they mutually part ways and Harson gets a good chunk of money to be unemployed and now that he's already kind of in the whole coaching world and the coaching system he'll get another job somewhere it's just a matter of if and when and until then he'll likely get a pretty significant chunk of money from Auburn to be unemployed. So you mentioned the 13 month span. Here's what's happened in the 13 month span since Brian Harson has been hired as the head coach at Auburn. He's had 18 players enter the transfer portal. He won six games. He's had five coordinators and zero players signed on national signing day, which is referring to the February signing period. Looking at their signing class. So 18th in the country per on threes, uh, team rankings, only 28% in-state, which is interesting because I I do think a lot of the players who are from Alabama or, you know, the, I guess, relatively close to Alabama around the Atlanta area, because Auburn recruits Atlanta as good as anyone. Um, I think those are going to stick around and see who is hired if and when he is ousted. Um, but a 44% blue chip rating. And then their transfer portal class was pretty impressive. You had guys like Eugene Asante from North Carolina, um, Jason Jones and DJ James, both from Oregon, came over after playing a, a, a pretty good amount of snaps at Oregon. Um, Zach Calzada from Texas A&M and then Robbie Ashford, um, who didn't get a ton of playing time at Oregon. He's a two-sport guy um, and a former Ole Miss uh, target he has also transferred in um, all of those guys outside of Asante and Calzada are from Alabama um, Asante is from Virginia and Calzada from Georgia I'd imagine they're all enrolled though already so if they were to try to 
get out of that with the NCAA because of a fired coach. I don't know how that would work, but if they don't get a waiver, they would have to sit out a year, I believe, after being enrolled. So maybe the NCAA bends over backwards for them if they do want to transfer them or any of the other signees uh, because of a coaching change. Um, but yeah, it's it, it, still a decent class coming in. Um, but yeah, I mean, you mentioned all the turnover with players and coaches. Um, it's just a bizarre situation. I was talking to someone earlier today, and, you know, they said that Gus Malzahn was fired and he had a better season than Brian Harson. So, um, it's true. Just, just, just wild. Um, I will say um, the publisher of OM Spirit, um, part of the On3 Network, uh, Chuck Roundsville, posted on the message board this morning that he is hearing from a reliable source. Key phrase here, Grayson, in that order. So here's the order. Kevin Steele, Hugh Freeze, Eli Drinkwitz. In that order is who Auburn will go after. He also added that uh, Lane Kiffin is on the peripheral. Um, he okay. is not lobbying him or Jimmy Sexton are not lobbying um, for that. He is just in the conversation because he's a good head coach and he's all this is conversation. Yeah. That's just what happens when you, uh, you know, take a program to their first 10 win regular season in your second year there. Um, so a lot going on at Auburn. Um, you know, I think most people are, are using uh, the phrase you hate to see it uh, the last couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, Chuck went on further to say he thinks that Kevin Steele is the leader from what he's been told, just his history there as a defensive coordinator, um, how good his defenses were there. But um, that's just kind of where it is right now. So um, but it's bizarre. And if, I don't – I mean, could you imagine doing a coaching search right now? No way. And that's what I almost wonder is it, – and, it, and it's certainly more optimistic today um, than it was when everything started to go – uh, south on Friday that that there is a chance that Harson keeps his job. I think it's slim, but there is a chance. And and you're right, having to do a coaching search right now may play a factor in that to where Harson might keep his job. Might. And if that happens, I think it would be kind of cool because I think Auburn will kind of rally around their guy, um, you know, like we've never seen. Um, but I'm very curious to see what happens here. And, and before we move on and get into some, some Ole Miss stuff, I just want to have a laugh here. Zach Calzada is going to catch, catch a stray shot um, on the podcast here on, on Thursday night when everything, all the rumors, which again, I believe are unsubstantiated, uh, started to bubble up um, Auburn Twitter spaces, which have been unbelievable all weekend and all week so far. Really possible. I was going to say, per the Twitter spaces, um, OJ Simpson would be a good head coach. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Twitter spaces, if you're not in them, get in them because they're awesome. <laughs> the one on Thursday night pops up, and there's like three, three and a half thousand people um, in the Twitter space, and everyone from you know national writers all the way down to Calzada hops in. And if you're unfamiliar with Twitter spaces, you can either request to speak or someone can request you to speak. So one of the hosts, once Calzada joined in the chat, now mind you, for those who don't aren't familiar, Calzada was at Texas A&M last year, beat Alabama, now is at Auburn. The joke is kind of, oh, Auburn's so desperate to beat Alabama that they literally brought in Calzada just to do that. Anyway, Calzada <laughs> Auburn space, and someone requested him to, to speak, and he bailed, immediately left the chat. And somebody joked, uh, the quote was, I hope your nerves are a little bit better in the pocket, Zach, um, which I thought was pretty pretty hilarious. But anyway, that's that's the chaos over there at Auburn, which could directly affect Ole Miss. I mean, having to face Kevin Steele admittedly intimidates me more than it might Brian Harson. And having to, to face Hugh Freeze once a year, um, we talked a little bit about this before hopping on, for me, it's just like, ah, oh, then we have to deal with the pomp and circumstance of Hugh Freeze's return to Oxford like we did in Liberty every yeah. other year. And I think that would just be exhausting. So there could be a direct effect here for what happens in Auburn to Ole Miss. And it'll be, 
it'll be really interesting to see what plays out in the next three or four days whenever the heck Harson decides that he's ready to to return <laughs> from another country so yeah we'll see what happens. Um, yeah fun fact about Kevin Steele defenses were outstanding but as a head coach his uh, career record is nine and 37 so, oh, uh, so maybe yeah maybe I stand corrected there <laughs> yeah as a defensive coordinator outstanding head coach trash all right we're gonna take our break um, our first break I should say here from the sponsors that make the show possible when we come back we're gonna talk talk some arch Manning This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. Weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two for one Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662 238 3500 and place your order today. Show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. Show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. And we are back here on Not Committed. Zach Barry, Grayson Weir with you. All right, let's get into some Arch Manning talk. He is the uh, look, uh, this is this is going to be the conversation for the next, I don't know, five or six months, give or take. Um, the number one overall player in the country, the 6'4, 215 pound quarterback from Isidore Newman in New Orleans. Um, recently made headlines. I, I guess it was last week or, or last weekend. Um, seemingly eliminating Clemson from contention for his signature. Um, I think they were kind of on the peripheral, you know, kind of on the other side of the fence peeking over for a while. Um, I don't know if it had anything to do with just maybe it was Clemson's struggles in 2021, um, the lack of development from DJ Uyongalele, maybe something happened with Dabo Sweeney. I don't know. Uh, it didn't seem like they were very much in contention. Um, and then they uh, also ended up signing. Um, man, I'm losing. Ad- adding, throw, uh, the kid being at home has, has got me all out of whack. I'm all out of sorts. Um, the, the Cade Clubnick, good Lord, I cannot remember his name. Um Signed a, a really impressive quarterback in the 2022 class, Cade Klubnik, out of Westlake High School in Austin, Texas, the five-star. Um, so he is now on campus. Not really sure if that really had any effect because talented guys never really care who was on the roster. They always think they're going to beat out uh, the other talented guy. Um, but um, the recent development that has uh, got everybody in a tizzy with Arch Manning is uh, rumors started swirling, um, speculation that the Texas Longhorns are trying to bring in David Cutcliffe, the former Duke head coach 
former head coach at Ole Miss that coached Eli Manning, Arch's uncle, and uh, the former OC at Tennessee when Arch's other uncle, Peyton, was the quarterback in Knoxville. Um, as of the recording right now, 11.57 a.m. local time. He has not been hired by Texas. Um, I saw um, Inside Texas, uh, they are part of the On3 network. They said that um, at this point, it was just kind of early stages of conversations about potentially joining the staff. Um, they did also, uh, Eric Nalen of, of Inside Texas did say that uh, other programs were involved as well. So does that mean Ole Miss is involved? Don't know. Um, he obviously has ties to Oxford, coached at Ole Miss, um, coached Eli Manning. His son is the head coach at Oxford High School. Um, I'm not sure if it's been confirmed or not, but um, people have said that he has maybe possibly purchased a house in Oxford. Um, one could surmise that he might want to take a break from football, hang out with his son and his grandkids and, and that sort of thing. But um, what do you make of this recent development and um, kind of how do you look at it from an Ole Miss perspective in terms of recruiting the five-star quarterback? Well, I know it's been thrown out by a lot of people across message boards and Twitter and et cetera. And, and Bunky Perkins, uh, shout out to our guy, Bunky has, has been actually pushing um, the narrative that Ole Miss should bring on David Cutcliffe as an offensive analyst like Texas is trying to do uh, since the minute it was announced, he would not be staying at Duke. So, so some credit to Bunky Perkins, they Texas straight up stole his idea along with the idea of, you know, a lot of other people, but I don't, I don't know really what to make of it. I think if they do it, one, it's a, it's a great idea. Putting Arch aside, it's a great idea to bring him in to work alongside Steve Sarkeesian and now Gary Patterson. I mean, it's a very uh, knowledgeable veteran staff that could kind of assemble around Steve Sarkeesian who has struggled early in his time at Texas and someone like Cutcliffe could be very valuable in developing someone like Quinn Ewers, a quarterback, and making Texas help Texas take that next step into being back, like Sam Ellinger said that they were, and then obviously they are not. Um, bringing in a guy like Cutcliffe makes a lot of sense, but then obviously when you factor in the Arch Manning thing, it certainly seems like Texas is, is this is their push to hire a guy that could potentially put the Manning decision over the edge. And, and everyone online saw the news yesterday about Cutcliffe potentially going to Texas and immediately the world in Oxford and those around Oxford and fans of Ole Miss went up in flames. Oh my God, there went any chance of landing Arch Manning. He's never coming to Ole Miss. You know, if they had, a, if the rebels had a chance before it's gone now because he's going to Texas or Georgia or Alabama. I don't think that's true. I don't think that David Cutcliffe is going to, could it be? Sure. But I don't think that David Cutcliffe is going to be the only factor into Arch's decision. And there's a lot of schools that are in conversation with Arch that are making a push for Arch. Florida's trying to get into it. Billy Napier has been in contact with him in his camp. Oklahoma, now that Levy has the relationship with Arch from Ole Miss, is trying to get into the mix, but it really seems like it's down to four teams after he removed Clemson reportedly over the weekend, late last week, whenever it really was. It seems like it's down to four teams, and, and, and I wrote about this yesterday. It creates kind of a fun acronym, too, when you arrange it in a specific order. Georgia, Ole Miss, Alabama, Texas. It arranges, when you put their logos together, it looks like GOAT. Um, which is kind of fun because hopefully Arch goes on to be the greatest of all time, whether it's at Ole Miss or not, seeing him continue on the Manning legacy would be really awesome. But anyway, all of that aside, how can one person be the deciding factor in a decision? It doesn't seem to me like it can be. I don't think, you know, if it's really truly Arch is deciding between Georgia, Texas, Ole Miss, and Alabama as the final four. And all of them are truly like neck and neck, no separation between any of them. 
could having some sort of relationship with Cutcliffe and his family be a deciding factor? Could it help? Absolutely. Sure, it could. There's no doubt about it. The Mannings and the Cutcliffe family are very close and always have been. And we have seen what David Cutcliffe did with both Peyton and Eli. But as of right now, from an outsider's perspective, eh, I'll even go so far as to say from a somewhat insider's perspective, it seems like it's kind of George's race to lose. And now I don't know if that's actually that. true. And I don't know if Arch Manning will ever come out and say that to be the case, but it seems like no. it's George's case to lose. Um, you, you and I talked about this yesterday when this all came up. We were doing some show prep. I think, or I don't think, I, I'm 99.9% sure here. Everything about Arch Manning at this point is purely speculative. 100%. And, and look, that's what recruiting is for the most part. I mean, all the people that want to joke about being quote-unquote experts or, well, you know, well, we know about what, you know, so-and-so is doing. We know where they're signing. We know where they're leaning. A lot of times you can kind of decipher that through interviews and the vibe you get from talking to someone, whether that's the inflection in their voice or if you're in person, you can see how they, their mannerisms, how they react to questions, that sort of thing. Um, following the visits is a big thing. Um, that's, that's kind of uh, one of my, you know, I, you know, recruiting commandments, if you will. Um, you can't really do that with Arch. He, he doesn't do a ton of interviews. Um, when he does, he is very diplomatic with his answers. He's very, you know, he's well-trained on how to handle an interview for his age. Um, and then you can't really follow the visits because he's been everywhere. Well, and he's gone on to top Texas, of that. he's gone to Clemson, he's gone to Alabama, he's gone to Georgia, he's gone to Ole Miss. Um, so so he, he hasn't really picked a favorite logistically he hasn't you know okay he's been everywhere but man he's been to this school five times or you know whatever so like it, it's I honestly don't think anyone truly knows now you, you get a sense talking with sources talking with coaches talking with his head coach Nelson Stewart down at down at Israel Newman you kind of get a sense of where he thinks he might be leading or where other coaches you know hey we feel good about where we stand with him I, I still don't think anyone truly knows, but if you made me pick a top three, I would say it's Texas, Georgia, and Ole Miss. Now, Alabama is, is always going to be loud, and they're always going to be a factor because Nick Saban is there, and Nick Saban does what Nick Saban does. But I still think it's Texas because of he, he's been there. He likes Austin. The relationship he has with Steve Sarkeesian um, – and the staff there, he, he said that he thought that Austin kind of reminded him of New Orleans a little bit. A.J. Milwee's done a great job recruiting him. And then Georgia um, likes Kirby Smart, likes Athens. There's the Matt Luke connection there. And then Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, what he did with Matt Corral in two years. Um, I think you and I would agree here, Matt Corral is going to be a first-round pick um, in the 2022 NFL draft. And then Charlie Weiss Jr., since he's been hired, has been down to New Orleans to see him three times already. So that's my, that's my opinion. Now, this is, you know, co-signed, stamped, Zach Barry. This is his thoughts. Um, but, again, it's all just my opinion. It's all speculative on what I've heard and just kind of paying attention to the ebbs and flows. Now, he told Chad Simmons of On3 Sports that he thinks that his recruitment is going to go well into the spring and possibly into the summer. Um, He's playing basketball right now. He's doing that whole thing. He's got Elite 11 regionals coming up next month. He's probably going to want to participate in that. Um, so there were some rumblings, some thoughts. People were predicting that he might want to get it done early because quarterbacks typically do commit a little bit earlier than, than normal uh, recruits. But uh, it seems that he's truly torn on what his decision is going to be, and he's still wanting to – you know, sift through the the fine print and, and figure out what's going to be best for him. Yeah, and, and you mentioned, you know, tracking visits. With most recruits, that's a very 
telling thing, but Manning Arch, I mean, he, he visited Clemson twice. So the expectation based off of his visits, he, he visited Ole Miss twice. He visited Georgia twice. He visited Clemson twice. I believe he visited Texas twice. And I think he visited Alabama once, I think. Um, so the, but I know for a fact that he visited Clemson twice. And so going off of that, you would think, oh, he saw them twice. He saw Alabama once. He didn't see LSU really at all. He didn't see Ohio State at all. He didn't see Tulane, Boston College, all the other schools in the mix at all. So you would think Clemson had a shot. And then he came out and said otherwise. Well, at least reportedly, he told the Tigers staff otherwise. So he's really hard to track. And like you said, with the timeline, you know, the, the expectation originally was that Arch would kind of commit to verbally in the next couple of months. After the end of basketball season, he would go see what's up around spring ball, get a feel for the programs during a day-to-day um, operations. And that still is the case. You know, once his basketball season ends, his last official game, not including the playoffs and stuff, finishes up on Tuesday, the 15th of February. So after that, and after the playoffs, he's going to turn his attention back to, okay, I'm going to get some visits lined up in the spring, but there's no real rush. His head coach, Nelson Stewart said, uh, gosh, this was two or three weeks ago. Now his, his direct quote was, there are a lot of new coaches out there. So I think that Arch is looking at things through a new set of eyes now. So now that could refer to Arch considering more schools, letting Oklahoma talk to him, letting Florida speak to him as to where maybe if there wasn't all the crazy turnover with Levy and Napier and all that stuff, maybe he wouldn't have even spoken to them. So Stewart continued. He saw a lot of turnover with coaches. He's very aware of the transfer portal and there have been a lot of changes since the end of the season. And now that also plays a huge factor into the fact that Manning Arch has said before he's okay with the idea of potentially sitting for a year if he has to. So that doesn't rule out Texas because of a guy like Quinn Ewers, but you'd have to think that he wants to get in there and start right away. Now he said otherwise, he's okay with otherwise, but in reality, he probably wants to get in there and start because who doesn't? Nobody really wants to sit for a year anywhere they go in any position. And so the timeline opens things up and Stewart continued on to say, one thing for sure is that Arch is not going to force or rush a decision. He has such great options and he still wants to take a good amount of visits and make sure, a lot of, th- make sure of a lot of things before making a decision. The thought early was that maybe a commitment could come this spring, but now it may be more into the fall. So it seems like we're not going to get an official decision from Arch until, I mean, at the very earliest, it seems like August. So there's a lot of ball left to play, both figuratively and literally when it comes to Arch's recruitment. And and the spring is going to be very telling. I think as of right now, like you said, as is the case with you know most recruiting efforts and 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 most recruiting reports and and writers and et cetera, it's a lot of speculation, but but we can start to kind of narrow in on what the picture may look like when it's all said and done. This spring is going to be crucial in figuring out what his top four really looks like and what order they're in. Because if he goes and visits Texas three times in the spring and Ole Miss once in the spring, well, that gives you some indication that he might be leaning toward Texas. If he visits Ole Miss twice in the spring and Texas, you know, he doesn't visit Texas until the summer, that gives you some insight into where he might be leaning towards Ole Miss. So I think as of right now, like you said, it's all speculation and all he said, she said, kind of putting the pieces together based off of little bits and pieces here and there. But as the spring continues to unfold and, and y'all out there listening, stay tuned to Not Committed with Zach and myself because we're going to talk a lot of arch as the picture becomes more clear this spring. And, and that's going to be a big telling factor into where he may end up. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, we're going to take our uh, last break. Um, 
after that, we'll talk more Arch Manning. Then I'll be sure I really buried the lead here on this one. As I said, I'm all out of sorts uh, today, but uh, we do have uh, an interview in the second segment of the show with uh, exclusive um, NIL partner of the Ole Miss Spirit and sponsored by Millette Beach Condo Rentals, Otis Reese. Uh, I will talk to him and you will hear that after we conclude our Arch Manning discussion. So hang tight, brief word from the sponsors, and then we'll have more Arch, and then you'll hear from Otis Reese. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24 7 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at saddlecreektitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit ufeofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Ufe Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. 
And we're back here on Not Committed. All right, to wrap up things with with Arch, I wanted to rewind a bit and go back to David Cutcliffe just to kind of give my thoughts on that. I do think that it would be quite the coup for for Texas to bring on Cutcliffe. Now, again, I don't think that David Cutcliffe is – is going to shift the sands of recruiting here or really tip the scales in Texas's favor if they were to hire him as an off-the-field analyst. Um, but I, it certainly doesn't hurt. And if you can bring him on in an off-the-field capacity, why wouldn't you? Um, obviously, the ties to the family are strong. Um, and if you can do that, I, I mean, why wouldn't you? I think you absolutely should. Um, Again, I, you know, I mentioned Inside Texas uh, reported that there are other schools involved. Again, we don't know who. Could be Ole Miss, not sure. Um, but, yeah, the Rebels could bring him on as an analyst if they wanted to. But we don't know. Um, but my thing on the hiring or the, or, or the not hiring of David Cutcliffe, I, it's, it's quite the – thing to have in your back pocket as a staff if you're going after Arch Manning. I don't think he's going to just make a decision based on who hires David Cutcliffe. Now, it's certainly going to give him a sense of some comfortability, some, um, you know, somebody that he's very, you know, familiar with, connected to, family-wise, football-wise, all of that. Um, but again, I just – I don't think Ole Miss should immediately think, oh, well, if Texas hires David Cutcliffe, then we're out of it. No. Oh, it's it's over. No, I don't think that. I think – I mean, this conversation we're having and how we're talking about – no one really knows, but, you know, kind of look at where he's visited, who he's telling people he's interested in. I mean, if you want to include unofficial visits, from my tally, Arch has been to Oxford four times since – August of 2020. He came twice unofficially in the summer of 2021. And then he came for his uncle's Jersey retirement ceremony against LSU in October. Um, I would venture to guess that he's probably going to come another time. I don't know how many, but he's probably going to visit Ole Miss again, if I had to guess before he makes a decision. So yeah, if, if Texas were to hire David Cutcliffe, I, I think that that's, that that's huge. And I think Texas, would certainly have a say in where Arch ends up. But again, I don't think it's going to be an ultimate deciding factor or something that's going to immediately vault Texas to the number one spot. Um, I do think Texas is in it, but I think Georgia's in it. I think Ole Miss is in it. Now, like I said, I think Alabama is still in it because of what they've done. Um, and before I forget, I do want to mention, you, you talked about the, the setup in quarterback rooms and how that affects decision-making for quarterbacks and um, not to contradict ourselves here, but more times than not four and five star quarterbacks don't really care who is in the quarterback room. They're going to go where they think is best for them. But if we are going to play that game and this is our podcast, so we make the rules. So we're going to play this game. I think the quarterback rooms at Georgia and Ole Miss are or, or excuse me, not Georgia, um, Alabama and Ole Miss are best suited for someone to come in and have a shot at playing either immediately or after a redshirt year. And I'm of the opinion I do think Arch will need a redshirt year or at least a year to sit and wait his turn. I think that despite the talent and the skill set, the speed of the game, and look, this, this, is, this goes for everybody. It's going to be different, though. He plays in a small classification in Louisiana, and SEC football is something that is not kind to true freshmen, especially quarterbacks. It's going to be difficult. It sets up nicely, though, for Ole Miss. If you're in the mix here, Jackson Dart is going to be fighting with Luke Altmeyer for the quarterback position in 2022. You think that best case wins the job in 2022, has a good year, goes into 2023 as the starter, has another really good year goes pro with that if arch were to pick old miss and to sign that would give him a year to sit and learn the offense get comfortable do some mop-up duty and then hit the ground running in 2024 i think the same goes for alabama who did just sign a talented guy in ty simpson 
Um, but Jalen Milrow uh, has transferred. So right now it's Bryce Young. You think that Bryce Young is going to have one more year and then possibly test the NFL waters? Other than outside of, of Alabama and Ole Miss, you, you talked about Texas. Quinn Ewers is there. And um, at Georgia, I mean, I, I can't even pull the list up, but I mean, they are loaded at the quarterback position. Um, Stetson Bennett's coming back. I, I believe he's getting his PhD now. Um, but they've got Brock Vandegrift. Um, uh, they, they've got a loaded quarterback room. I think they have at least three five stars in there right now, at least two. Um, so if you're wanting to play that game of looking at a depth chart, I think either Ole Miss or Alabama is best suited for Arch to come in, have a year to get acclimated, and then after that take over. That makes perfect sense to me. I mean, if, if to, sum, to sum this all up before we get into the interview – I would say as of right now on February 8th at 12.19 p.m. Central Standard Time or not Standard Time. I never know the difference, but Central Time. (laughs) I would say that Texas, Georgia, and Ole Miss are the top three. And if I had to put them in order, I think it would go Georgia, Ole Miss, Texas. And now that may sound optimistic it may seem optimistic but Ole Miss makes a lot of sense for Arch you know in a lot of different ways and and now that the team is winning with a guy like Wayne Kiffin as head coach it makes even more sense than it did when like a Matt Luke was there if Matt Luke was there we wouldn't even be having this conversation I don't think so it's nice to be in the mix and I think Ole Miss has a real shot coming down the the stretch especially as Arch swings by Oxford in the spring, watches Chuck Weiss and his offense, which is completely different than Jeff Levy's. I know everybody's going to come out and say, oh, they're very similar offenses. There's really not that big of a difference. No, that's not true. Chuck Weiss's offense is very, very different in a lot of intricate areas than Jeff Levy's. So Arch is going to have to come to Ole Miss. He's going to have to see this new offense. He's going to get it comfortable with Chuck he's going to get comfortable with everything that's going on in Oxford this spring and I think there's a real opportunity for him to say okay I'm like you said I'm, I'm good with sitting behind a guy like Jackson Dart for a year before he ultimately hopefully gets drafted in the first or second round much like his predecessor and so so I would say Georgia one Ole Miss two Texas three and then Alabama's Alabama. If I'm a recruit Alabama and I can go anywhere in the country, Alabama will always be on my list because of what they've done. So I would go that order. Um, it doesn't spell goat like, like it does if you arrange it otherwise, but I think it's Georgia, Ole Miss, Texas, Alabama. Yeah. And, and again, like you said, I don't think this is a, I don't think this is a courtesy inclusion here. I think he has a real interest in Ole Miss and I think, his meeting with Lane Kiffin over the summer, he and his dad, Cooper, um, sat down with Lane. They talked a lot of football. They talked, um, you know, life outside of football. They watched film. I think that it was pretty eye-opening because they, they didn't really know a lot about Lane Kiffin. They never met officially in person. And um, I think that that was something that, that kind of set the stage for an, an interesting and, and exciting recruitment as we head down the stretch. Um, but for now – Again, no one really knows. Um, uh, OM Spirit uh, will be down in Baton Rouge at that Elite 11 Regional. Um, right now the plan is for him to get there and compete and throw in person, so we'll have coverage of that. Um, and we'll continue to monitor his recruitment as uh, the spring gets here and uh, as we get into the summer. Uh, the good news, Grayson, is that uh, Ole Miss fans are uh, nice and – and you know, prepared, and they are seasoned vets now in waiting on high-profile quarterbacks to make a decision. As Jackson Dart took his time to uh, <laughs> make his uh, make his announcement, so um, we'll have more coverage on Arch Manning and other recruitment as the uh, the days and the weeks and the months unfold. But uh, for now, that's going to do it for not committed. Uh, thanks to Grayson, thanks to the sponsors for making the show possible, and uh, we'll hear from Otis Reese. 
And we now welcome Otis Reese to the show, an exclusive NIL partner of the Ole Miss Spirit, sponsored by Millette Beach Condo Reynolds. Otis, good afternoon. How are we doing? Good. How are you doing? Glad I could be on. Yeah, man. Thanks for joining. Doing great. All right, so real quick before we get into it, I struck out with Jordan Watkins and Aishim Young when I asked them about their favorite place to eat in Oxford. They both uh, bowed out and said they haven't had a chance to really test out the local fare. You have been in Oxford longer than they have, so I hope you're going to be able to help me out. So what's your go-to spot in Oxford? Oh, man. You put me on the spot. <laughs> my, go-to, my go-to spot is... I would, I would have to say Zaxby's. Okay, all right. Shout out to Zaxby's. Now, um, I'd say, I had to say Zaxby's and the food trucks that's on campus are really good. Okay, all right, all right. Shout out, uh, you know, local, shop local, yep. support local, the uh, yep. food trucks. All right, nobody's here to talk about food. We're or, or here to listen to us talk about food, but let's get into it. Um, so first things first, uh, Ole Miss made a, uh, a change at, at strength coach. Wilson Love left for Oregon. Um, Nick Savage is now there. So what's the uh, spring workouts been like with a new strength coach? I know there's probably a, an acclimation period where you get to know each other, but what's uh, what, what's what have things been like under Coach Savage? They've been great so far. Uh, coach Savage has been getting acclimated to uh, I hate do things and uh, his resume, his mindset. And we just been uh, as a as a as a group as a unit as a team, we just been taking it day by day. Just been uh, just been focusing and coming in, and just working hard. How do you think the uh, the new guys, the early enrollees that have been on campus? I know it's a it's a shock for for going from high school to college. You you've done it. Um, what have you seen from the from the new guys that have come in and and how they've looked and worked out so far? They look good, man. A lot of a lot of a lot of new guys that I that I seen here and there. Cause we had different workout routes, but we haven't we really haven't been working out together together as a whole team. Yeah, we just had different workout groups depending on your class schedule. But a lot a lot a lot of these guys, a lot of the few guys that I did see, uh, you can just tell them guys talk them guys talk athletes, they real deal like train and stuff like that. So so I I'm I'm looking. I'm looking, I'm, looking, I'm looking for a lot of stuff for like for the young guys. I think they can help us out right away. So you and that defense last year um, vastly improved from 2020. Um, I thought just from a, a, a you know the untrained eye of someone that that doesn't uh, that has never played college football or doesn't coach it or anything. Just from my viewpoint, it looks like the defense really hit 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 a stride. Or I should say you hit your stride halfway through the year, right about the Tennessee game, and then really closed out the season strong. Um, losing Sam Williams, losing Ch- Chance Campbell, Mark Robinson, uh, some other guys off that defense. What are you and, and the rest of the returning starters and guys that are coming in fighting for spots? What do you think is probably the most important thing heading into spring ball to uh, not only continue to get better on that defensive side, but to take it to the next level? That's a great question. Uh, the old guy was great players, great players, and uh, so the young guys and the guys who transfer skating, they get to watch the film and see how them guys played it and try to try to try to imitate that. Uh, guys try to be better than that. And uh, this this spring, this spring, a lot of a lot of guys, a lot a, a lot of guys on the team and the mindset just to get better. Um, we got you know Coach Patrick, new defense coordinator, so we're gonna have like. Like new call, new thing, but it's it's all it's all kind of like simple, simple, simple stuff in the spring. Who can play ball? Like who can block? Who get off blocks? Who can tackle? You know what I'm saying? Who can catch? You know what I'm saying? So all the all the small elements of the game that was spring ball, just trying to get but trying to get better. No, like small elements of the game before during the summer, the summer, then fall count, then it trans it transformates to the season. You mentioned Coach Partridge there, and I wanted to ask you about that, too. Um, DJ Durkin also left, went to Texas A&M. Coach Partridge now, uh, co-DC with Chris Kiffin. But, you, you know, you've been coached by Chris Partridge. He's your position coach. You know him well. What do you expect from him this season being the defensive coordinator, and, and how has he kind of attacked that new role? 
I expect greatness. I expect, I just, I expect greatness. I expect like going around, flying around, and understanding, understanding on um, the screen, understanding defense, and going that, going out there and just giving it our all. Like, ain't no, um, ain't no holding back. Like, God just flying around and just taking heads off. That's for real, for real, taking heads off. So the the transfer portal has is kind of really taken the college football world by storm. Um, you were, I, I guess, part of the the craze that it started to really take effect with recruiting um, when you uh, left Georgia, came over to Ole Miss. But um, you know, obviously, the roster is going to look completely different, not just because guys have left or, or graduated or moved on to the NFL, but the, the influx of talent coming in from the transfer portal. Um, what do you, I guess, expect from some of the guys that, that you know have been there, done that, whether that would be, you know, I mentioned Aishim Young earlier, you know, he's done it at Iowa State. Um, you got a guy like Jared Ivey that's done it at Georgia Tech. You know, what do you kind of expect from, you know, it's a different expectation from a high school guy coming in that's, that's green and has never played college to someone like, like you had been, at Georgia, and then you move to Ole Miss. What do you expect from those guys coming in as part of the defense? Um, I expect those guys to come in and just uh, play hard, be themselves, and just go 100%. But also the main thing is when you you yawn and you're just coming in, you have to you have to learn you have to learn uh, the language we speak, the system, and like just how to play in the defense and how we go about things and like that. The, uh, the identity we're trying to build. So basically, I'm guys coming in and just learning that identity and just really just buying, buying in as a group, group and group as a team. And yeah, that basically, that basically it. You mentioned identity. Uh, if you had to, I guess, give the Ole Miss defense an identity or a name, a phrase, anything like that, is there – Anything that Coach Partridge has, has been saying to you guys or have you as a player and your teammates come up with something? Yeah, it's still, it's still early. We just uh, – we ain't came up with anything yet. For now, I guess we could – a placeholder could just be headbuster since you said that early. <laughs> Taking heads off. All right, last thing. Um, started off keeping it light, talking food. We're going to end it with a, the softball here. But, you know, we're, give, we're, we're giving – the fans a, a look into um, you know, the softball. life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to softball. Um, giving everybody a look into the, the ins and outs of being a player at Ole Miss, but I, I, hard hitting question here, even though it's softball, Ole Miss unveiled a new uniform in 2020 with the powder blue um, and then had the new helmet for the sugar bowl. If, if you had to add anything else to the, the uniform lineup, or if you have a favorite, what is it? What would I add? Um, that's tough. I would add. Uh, mm, 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 mm. If you need some help, I'll throw out some ideas. Some people have asked but, for maybe a red hat. I, I, I heard the fans are very detailed and very in tune with it. With our combination and stuff like that, but I would have to. I would. I would say like my favorite combination, like navy blue and like just a, just a just a, uh, the, the the navy blue or gray or like the navy blue and white. I just I really I really like the navy blue. It is it is it just a solid color, and it just go good with our with our with our uniform the combination. But all of them all of them good to me, man. You're probably just more concerned about winning games and uh, getting to the, the next level, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what a, for sure. Hey, the fans love talking about uniforms, man. You, I'm, I'm, you got to get used to those questions. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> what would you add? Ooh, you know, if I'm keeping it simple, I'd probably want to add some stripes to the pants. The white pants, ah, um, you guys yeah. seem to love it. I think if you added two stripes – match the shoulder i think that would that would look pop a little more on tv um that's a good that's a good idea 
But that's really it. I, I mean, I think the combinations are great. It's hard to screw up red and blue, right? I'm yeah, I'm trying to tell you, and I man, I love all colors. Like I love our uniform. Like <laughs> like I really do. <laughs> I love it. All right, Otis, I appreciate the time, man. I know you're busy. You've got a lot of stuff going on with spring practice, getting ready for the season. Um, this is been Otis Reese, exclusive NIL partner of the Ole Miss Spirit and sponsored by Millette Beach Condo Rentals. Otis, thanks again, and have a good one. Thank you for having me.